What's going on, everyone? It's Chuck. No Houdini today. Just me. And quite frankly, I'm only on this show for eh, the next 90 seconds or so. This is the best of 2023 episode where we take a look back at some of our favorite segments handpicked out with love by me. Just me. Houdini had no say in this, but I thought they were funny, so hopefully you do as well. This is for those of you that you know caught 50-60% of the episodes, but... um. You know, may have missed some bangers, and we're going to give those bangers to you. A normal episode of The Chatter drops on January 4th. That is Thursday. We got great things lined up. Um, 2024, the year of consolidation. Are we on the train with the quick wash setting? A six-foot-two Pop-Tart dancing on top of a bus. And, of course, we have to tell you what went down with the Florida State Seminoles and the Georgia Bulldogs and give you our spin and then uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. We probably won't talk about them much because we buried them, but we, we will have some final words. Is It's official now. The burial is done. There's no chance of resurrecting. Anyways, the best of 2023. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll see you for the live show on Thursday. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Your father recently had a uh, pretty interesting life development. He, uh, he, he's moved to a farm and owns a bunch of goats. Well, I mean, that's, that's gotta be a culture shock for you going to go into the new household and, uh, playing with goats at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time dream that my dad had that, uh, I was completely unaware of until he just randomly moved out of, he lived at OTR. He just out of nowhere moved to Richmond, Indiana. And it is, uh, yeah, he's got like 30 goats, uh, a couple cows, chickens running around everywhere. Chickens are disgusting animals, just um, just so you know. He doesn't kill any of the animals. So like 90% of the guys out there, like they get goats and all that shit, and they end up like slaughtering them and cows and all that, obviously. I found out uh, he's, Tim's not necessarily built for the farm life as far as the ruthlessness. He, <laughs> there was a raccoon that was, decapitating our chickens left and right like all the chickens were like losing their hair because they were they had so much anxiety because this raccoon in the middle of the night would just swoop down and just decapitate them so all the other chickens are like like fuck and uh (laughs) and so he finds this raccoon he tries to get it out it's this big ass thing it looks like a bear and he like and he's got he's got his gun on the farm and he said he saw the raccoon He, he fired a warning shot at it he said nothing didn't move. I didn't know what to do. And he's like, I ended up shooting the raccoon. And he's like, I emptied the whole clip into this raccoon, man. And he's like, and he's Tears like, in his eyes. yeah, he's like, I couldn't sleep for three days thinking about this poor raccoon. I'm like, dad, you got to move out. You got to move out of the farm life. It's not, you're not built for it, dude. <laughs> like a, a farmer would lat, like a farmer would be like just freaking pulling out like a, an M16 and just launching into like 80 raccoons and not even blink an eye. So that's what he's dealing with. Maybe we'll have to do a, a Tim's farm corner just to get some updates on what's going on over there. You know, I am usually the king of segues. It's something that, you know, God didn't give me many abilities in the classroom. My ACT scores, if you're listening, I, I promise you, my ACT and my SAT were lower than yours. I was not a scholar by any means. But one thing he did give me was the ability to think on the fly. And, and that's why I made it as a broadcaster and, and to transition into the next thing. But there's really no veering into this one. So let's just read the headline. Oregon State head coach apologizes after milking his nipples during the game. 
yeah, their head coach, Jonathan Smith, um, is under some fire and had to apologize for literally pulling that farmer from the water boy where he looked into the sky and started rubbing his nips. Um, that happened and, and he had to apologize for it. Did you see that live? Did you see it on sports center or are you just hearing about this for the first time? I don't, I don't think they, uh, I don't think they showed that on sports center. I think they thought it was too graphic. I saw it on uh, Twitter. It was all over Twitter. Decent amount of chatter. I mean, I thought this was America. A man is not allowed to rub on his breasts on the sidelines of a football game. That, the land that of the makes free and the home of the brave. That is brave. And he was, <laughs> and apparently, and he had to apologize. I saw that clip too. He had to apologize um, for his actions at like the presser this week. Um, and he said he will not be doing the milking call again. Apparently, he was trying to milk the clock by rubbing his teats which um, I've never seen it done. I was uh, I was pretty impressed by the call. I think he needs to continue to do it. He took a page out of Gaylord Fokker's book where he, you know, I, I, I went up to little Geppetto and, uh, you know, I, I grabbed the teat and, and just, uh, you know, milked it into a little saucer. Oh, you can uh, you can milk cats, Greg. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, you can uh, you can milk anything with nipples. Well, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? So that's uh, immediately what I thought of there when I watched that clip. Ridiculousness uh, doesn't seem that graphic by any means. It is America, the land of the free and the home of the brave. And that man just found out a way. I mean, everyone knew what he was doing. No one on the, the team looked over to the sideline and said, what's going on with coach? They all knew, oh, he's he's saying milk it. Milk it. Don't don't take the snap. Run out this clock. I think I know why Tim moved to a farm, dude, because my father-in-law is obsessed with riding the tractor or I guess the lawnmower, the sit down lawnmower. You know, I, I think what it is, is you just get to 60 and you want to saddle your ass up and ride that tractor. You know, maybe if you're a little a little crazy, you turn on some music in there. You have a little Corona light in the back seat, whatever it may be. But you're cruising around in that thing. You know, you're 60. Boozing over it. Movies, seen them all. Just give me the green grass, a ray of sunshine, and 20 minutes on my big lawnmower. Is Tim a lawnmower guy? What's he doing at the farm right now? We got to get him on the show soon. Maybe we go Lorenzo Neal, Randy Wynn, Tim Clowkey. Tim Clout, Tim the farmer. Yeah, back to back to back guests. There's nothing better than that. Uh, Tim, as far as the. <laughs> As far as the lawnmower question, it's actually a pretty, pretty interesting topic here because I first went out there, right? And he's got a, you know, a number of acres, right? This asshole, he's only got a push mower. So clearly that's not really going to work, buddy. So he got a, a secondhand John Deere tractor and I'm sitting there and he's telling me to cut the grass. So I'm like, all right, fine. Like I've always, I always begged him with a yard that was literally maybe like 25 yards long when I was younger that we need a, a riding mower, which was completely ridiculous. And he never bought uh, one for it. But <laughs> so I go out there, I'm starting to cut this grass and I'm noticing like I'm going over it. It's not that big of an area that I started out with. And half the grass is like cut. It's a little bit longer than the other part. It's like a wave going through the whole thing. I come to find out the reason he got this, cause he's a cheap ass. He, bought a secondhand mower that was just the blades were just completely fucked up. So one of them is completely, it's like eight inches off the ground compared to the other one. So the whole place looks like a fucking wave pool as far as the grass is concerned. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, no big deal. And I'm like, maybe it's time he wants to be the lawnmower guy or the yard guy. He's just not it.
You know, the, the diehard yard guys, they would never let that happen. They're striping their lawn, making it look perfect like an MLB uh, outfield, and that is not the case at Tim's Farm. This sounds like he's having an identity crisis, man, a self-identity crisis. He, he's not a farmer, but he wants to live on the farm. He can't shoot the yep. raccoons. Um, he, he wants to be the lawnmower guy. He just doesn't have it in him. Too big a cheap ass. He's OTR. That's what he is. He's a, he's a West Side Cincinnati type guy. You know, get your ass back to Delhi, Tim. What are you doing at the farm? He's not a <laughs> farmer. Um, so this is exactly how I, uh, I pictured our first Tim's Farm Corner segment going. We got to get him on to defend himself, though. That's At this point, well, that's the only thing left for Tim to do because I agree. He's got to pack up his bags tomorrow. This is a bigger thing, and it's going to happen to us as well as we get a little bit older. It seems like everybody transitions, and they, they, every adult male, as they get into their 30s, later 30s, 40s, they get into one hobby, and they're just obsessed with it. It's typically either going to be craft beer. They get really into the IPAs, the craft beer bullshit. Second one is lawn stuff. You know, they're, they're constantly, you know, checking their yard, mulching it, going to Lowe's. They're, they spend, you know, half their days at Home Depot. What's the third one that they typically – hunting is a big one. You can get it – or hiking. Hunting, hiking, kind of the same shit. Are you on the train with eating foods at an open house or a car dealership or taking the Tootsie Rolls at Planet Fitness or the therapist office, whatever it may be, are you into eating the free stuff on or off the train? Again, a lot of variables here. Typically, I'm off the train. So, And I've been a staunch believer in like a potluck at work. If, you know, Deborah's bringing in the buffalo chicken dip and somebody's got their homemade lasagna or something, I need a name tag on each one of these dishes, okay? Because I don't want to – I don't. I won't eat it if I know somebody in particular made it. You know, like I don't want like Scott from HR. He made, you know, his barbacoa. I've seen the guy fart on his hands, okay? And I know he's doing it and he's, he's muscling around in that barbacoa meat. So God, I won't eat any it, homemade. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, oh, this is delicious. Who made this? Like, oh, that's Scott from HR. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, little smoky flavor. But, um, yeah, in general, if it's like a pre-made something bought from a store, like Tootsie Rolls, whatever, if it's those little sandwiches that you can buy from a, a store that are pre-made, I'll eat those. The homemade stuff I won't touch. So that's kind of my general rule. If it's homemade – Last thing I want to do is pull out a big hair or something. Just I can't handle it. So that that's kind of my general take. What sparked up this conversation? Because I'm a thousand percent on the train when it comes to the open house of the car dealership. Uh, my wife Kylan, when we were looking for just a temporary spot, and we walk into the open house or not the open house, but the the what, what do you call it? The property manager's office, basically, where she gives you the card and takes you on the tour in the golf cart. One of those. I walk in and immediately see a a plate of cookies, and I see a bowl of clementines. Now, me being health conscientious, I told you about my affection for Barry's Boot Camp. I'm going clementine, baby. I don't want scurvy. I need my vitamin C. So I pick up the clementine, start peeling it. She was already kind of pissed off in the first place because we were running late, and this apartment kind of sucked. I mean, it's short term, so we're not buying the, the best apartment in the Bay Area. It's The cheapest thing out here is literally three grand a month to, to live, a lower-income apartment, which is insanity. And that's a conversation for another day. But I pick up the Clementine, peel it and take a bite. And she says, what the hell are you doing? 
You're disgusting me right now. People don't grab those. People don't grab the clementines and sit there. They could have been sitting there for three months. I'm like, well, it doesn't have algae on it. It doesn't have fungus on it. Like, I'm pretty sure they filled up the clementines within the last two days. These are fresh clementines. I am getting my vitamin C intake. Unlike the pill that you have to take or the gummy that you have to take to get your vitamin C. I mean, if through a clementine and it's free, if it's free, it's for me. The person didn't bat an eye. I'm there to potentially live in their place. Spoiler alert, we didn't. So I technically stole that clementine, but I'm absolutely on the train. If you're going to put it out there, you expect me to eat it, baby. You expect Mooch to come through and unpeel that clementine. That's just my take. Everyone can feel differently wow. about it. Wow. I mean, this just explains a lot. I always, I literally, you're talking about the apartment, like clubhouse where they, I've always wondered who the fuck eats the fruit bowl that they have here. I'm like, nobody has ever walked in here like, oh, let me grab a banana before I visit or walk around the apartment complex or do anything inside the apartment clubhouse. So you're the guy, I guess there is a small part of this population that is going into public entities in essentially taking from the fruit basket. So I'm not even mad at it, at least from based on my perspective that the Clementine is it's wrapped up. So it's not, it can't be physically grimy from whoever was handling it at any point. So you're good there. Um, I'm just a little astonished because I really did. I go, nobody's ever eaten one. It's the first person I've ever heard of, but um, it's, it's like a dad move on your end big time. I could see Tim, the farmer, okay. doing that. Free free Clementines? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got to buy them by the bag at the grocery store. They're like $4.99, so I'm getting the value play there, just eating my one. I was getting ready to go in for a second handful and a cookie and grab the water. I mean, it's there for the taking. She's like, dude, normal people don't come in here and take this stuff. And I'm like, who says I'm normal? I'm at this tour, and I'm going to do it. So I'm on the train. Eat away, folks. Eat away. The apartment lady was probably like, Right after he left, she was like, to other coworkers, Scott, you got to hear this. I, there was an absolute animal in here today. He was eating the clementine. He's like, the clementine? The one in the bowl for the last six months? He was eating the clementines. It's, it's basically got protection, as you said. It's You're handling it with gloves when you have the shell casing. As long as you peel it off and, and throw it away and sanitize right before you eat it, because obviously the germs are on the casing, you're good to go. And it's not like people are going in there juggling the clementines. No one's grabbing it. Like you said, you said, who the hell is eating the clementine? Who the hell is grabbing the clementine? Even A weirder move would be if someone went in there, handled the clementine, and then put it back. That would be grounds for divorce. If I did that, my wife would be like, why did you? You just pick up the clementine, feel its shape, squeeze it, and put it back in the bowl. So that would be a little odd. I think eating the clementine, yeah, it's criminal. a fine move. Yeah, I think it's a, a fine move. You eat the clementines. Sir, was there any concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside the trench coat, little rascal style? No. So you just heard the question right there. And no, that was not a real reporter. That was like a comedian. And uh, he somehow found his way to get a credential to this really big event. I mean, think about that. 13 days, this convicted killer was on the run in Pennsylvania. I mean, when we were in college, there was a person that was seen with like a, a squirt gun and a green sweatshirt. And we had class canceled for an entire day. They had 13 days of this convicted murderer running around in the city that was five feet tall. They could not find him anywhere. And then afterwards, one of the first questions at the press conference is they're talking to, uh, I want the right name here because we give all the details, Lieutenant George Bevins. And Lieutenant George Bevins is 
is getting questions and they ask him, were you guys worried at all that he would team up with another smaller man, hop on his shoulders underneath a trench coat and escape like the little rascals? And the lieutenant just said, no. I mean, you call yourself a man of the law and that never once. I would have had a team of fucking 20 people on my force trying to track down guys that looked a little bit too tall for their trench coats. Okay, there is clearly... You can tell this guy wasn't prepped. Um, there's a reason this guy was on the lamb for two weeks. This guy was dressed up as a six, six foot five man with another small man on his shoulders and a trench coat. Um, I mean, big miss from uh, what was it, Lieutenant George? Lieutenant George Bevins. Uh, Daniello Cavacante was the fugitive, and they found him through Plains Thermal Imaging. It helped locate him. Um, which got me thinking, this is some 24 type stuff. They brought on Jack Bauer, uh, the Jack Bauer of Pennsylvania. He's like, get to PTU. It's PTU. Get to PTU, Tony. Um, the full Jack Bauer situation to find this guy with the thermoplanes. And they, they finally get him out of there. He tried to escape because he was a little guy and he was trying to climb through logs. Essentially, they unleashed attack dogs on him or they unleashed the... The, the the sniffing dogs on him and the and the dogs actually gave him some some wounds there. Uh, this story's got everything. It's one of the more wild things I've ever heard. And then afterwards, just to make it completely ridiculous, and I, and I get what the officer is saying, what Lieutenant is saying here. But Lieutenant Bevins said in regards to this picture that was shown afterwards, they were taking a picture with this convicted murderer that they just caught, like twenty people, the entire police force. And Bevins said. Quote, I'm okay with it. The cops worked amazingly hard in this situation. It was a tireless two weeks. I'm fine with them taking a picture of their possession. They caught him. So I want your thoughts there. The picture was ridiculous. Um, I thought it was actually like a spoof. I, I literally didn't think it was real. I thought it was like from a movie that they were doing. Like they all, and the guy's just kind of sitting there and he's kind of just like, he's arrested. He's like got his Philadelphia Eagle sweatshirt on or whatever bruised and battered and they're all taking photos with them like smiling it was a uh, it, it was an interesting sight to say the least and i mean at the end of the day i guess take the photo i don't know yeah pretty ridiculous they're they're taking pics like they just caught a blastoise running around in, in pokemon go or something <laughs> and it's just a, a convicted murder that's standing there the officer said hey we're cool with it it was a uh it was a long two weeks for these officers and they they took a pick with them. I'd never seen it before. I don't know if it's acceptable or not by we can get, you know, someone else that's in law enforcement on here. I say, you know, act like you've been there before, but clearly they haven't been there before. If it took him two weeks to find this guy, how was he running for two weeks? He, he was breaking into people's houses and stealing granola bars. That's how he was living. Apparently like the one farmer was like, I noticed four of my cliff bars were gone. That's what he's fueled on right now. And those things got too much sugar. He's like, so he's going to die out here soon. So they basically found him via him breaking into random houses. And I guess because he's so small, apparently he was crab walking through the woods. I don't know if that throws off the dog scent. They said, no, no people here are just crabs. Apparently the guy is a master crab walker. I mean, this guy is, I mean. Let me explain, because for the people out there that can't visualize, obviously, uh, you, you can't see the video on the podcast form. And this guy walked up to two walls that were back to back in this, in this prison, basically in like the courtyard. And there was a sunroof over it. And that's how he got out. And he stuck his arms out and crab walked his way out. It was like some, if you've ever heard of Chris Harria, 
the calisthenics guy. It was like some legit plange position where he somehow like walked his way up and push up position up this wall as it continued to get further away. One of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. He was apparently like a gymnastics guy that got involved with the wrong crowd and did some bad things, but 13 days on the run, man, that is, um, I mean, guys, clearly a, a real big piece of shit, but he sure as hell could have been starring in prison break apparently because they didn't even have the audacity to make up that story. So I now pronounce mice canceled. Mice can pucker up and kiss my ass. We had mice in the house, a, a, a mouse invasion. It was the worst thing of all time. I couldn't sleep for weeks. I could hear them in the ceiling. <laughs> they were, you know, they, they were dumping everywhere. As they run, they just dump all over the floor and you could see it. They were jumping on the counter eating food. I said enough is enough. I thought it was just one originally, but I should have known better. When you have one mouse, you have about nine. So I caught the first mouse. It was like the size of... Uh, it was about the size of one of those um, those thick Tootsie Rolls, you know, not the uh, not the long ones, not the short ones, but the thick ones that you see. I mean, it wasn't big at all. It could go through a little crack. And this is the thing that was keeping me up at night. So she says, you're not killing it. We're not buying any of those old school mouse traps. You're doing it the right way. You're getting it to climb into one of those tube and get the cheese. And then you're going to drive it downtown. You're going to let it out in San Francisco with uh, some of the other mice and rats that are running around in, in downtown San Francisco right now in certain areas. So I did that a few times. And then I realized it was a full invasion when I saw three running under the fridge at the same time. I was like, oh, no, this is a ratatouille situation. This mm -hmm. is a disaster. It was funny on the big screen. Not so funny when it's in your house. So we called an exterminator and that exterminator comes and he says, I'll be out here. Um, they'll be gone within two days. I couldn't take it any longer. I just went out, got a giant block of poison, just a giant one. There was a, there was a big old chunk gone in the morning. I'm like, wow, there must've been about 19 feasting. I was afraid that they were going to, you know, smell on the walls or whatever it may be. Never yeah. had a peep from them again. No, no smell, nothing. They were just gone. So to the homeowner, in Pacifica, California. Sorry about it. You probably have some uh, a mice burial ground in your garage. And the worst thing was the story gets worse. The next day I was doing a, a CBS postgame show after a Raiders game with Lorenzo Neal. It's an hour long show. Shout out Lo Neal. He's coming on the program. Former Cincinnati Bengal, the fullback. So Lorenzo and I are doing this show. And I don't know if you remember the game, but it was Raiders Patriots, Jacoby Myers. Um, threw it away. Remember there was like three yes. seconds left tie game Absolutely. threw it away. So it was that nuts game. And I'm doing these highlights on the air. My adrenaline's going crazy. I'm like, I hadn't seen the highlights. I'm just like, he panics. Oh, he's throwing it away. What's he doing? Going nuts in between breaks, probably 90 seconds in between the block a and block B Kylan calls me panicking and says, Hey, uh, did you call this exterminator? What's the deal? He just walked in the house. I'm like, the exterminator came yesterday. He's, he's gone. She's like, well, he's, he's in the house right now and said that you told him to come here today. We were convinced this guy was trying to rob us because be, me being the idiot that always gets fleeced kind of like told him my schedule. I'm like, yeah, my wife's out of town. We got to get this done because I'm going to be at work all day tomorrow. He came uh. in. He came in, and, and when he first came to exterminate, he was in, like, the full halo suit with the, the freaking ray gun and everything. He looked like Samus from Super Smash Brothers. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? She said he came back in, like, overalls in an unmarked vehicle. This guy, and I'm not going to give the business away because we can't prove it, but he was 1,000% trying to rob us. So here I am doing this show, 
and, and putting all this effort into it. And every break I'm calling her like, is he gone? Is this okay? Uh, are, are the mice still there? What's the deal? Um, it was, it was very interesting to say the least. So long story you short. You almost got robbed by the rat man. The rat exterminator came back. Or are you saying this guy like hacked into the, the, the mouse system at this company and was like, these people used to have rats. I'll act like the rat exterminator come in rob the place chuck gave us his entire schedule for the next two months that's what you think happened no here's exactly what happened so it's the day before it's 4 p.m i'm talking to him and i'm like i have to get this done today because i have this show tomorrow all day long and i'm not going to be here and my wife's not going to be here so we're, we're trying to take care of all this stuff yada yada we left the garage door open and i i literally told him this i'm like yeah we're leaving the garage door open to air the thing out and see if any mice run Jesus. out and just kind of yeah to I mean, rob you we gave him we gave him everything and this guy <laughs> just walked right in the door kylan's in there eating some jersey mics and she's like uh can i help you so i mean there's nothing i can do about it he says oh it was a classic yeah. mix-up we had another charlie in the system in the same city uh it's it, bs erroneous just a, a a very frightful situation but the show went on the broadcast was wonderful appreciate everyone for tuning in to today's show and if you haven't listened to all the episodes of the chatter and from time to time you're waiting for the next one to come out for a couple of days because houdini and myself we have jobs we don't have families we don't have many responsibilities we don't have a ton of hobbies but, you know, we're, we're, you're human. You got things going on. We can't get a show out every couple of days like we normally intended to until we get some sponsorship money rolling in. And unfortunately, we've burnt about every single bridge on on the train or off the trains. I had a deal locked up with Crumble, and then um, they only disclosed about a quarter of their calories. But that is a story for a different show, which we've already done. And it just goes to show you that there's a little bit of everything on the chatter. Um they're not dated for the most part. We, we have a formula. We always start off with sports that is typically dated. So the, the first five, seven, eight minutes of every episode is typically dated. Uh, the next 10 minutes, stories of our lives, whatever they may be. Then we get into some segments, canceling things, the MySpace top five, spread hunters, uh, which we did for a couple of weeks. And I just, Houdini called uncle. He said, can we not do the spread hunters anymore? I'm two and nine, Chuck. You're nine and two. Ah, so anyways, that's the uh, that, that's the formula for the show typically. So if you did miss some shows in the past, you're just discovering this podcast. We don't date the stuff. We make sure it's evergreen. You can go back and listen whenever. And um, really looking forward to growing with you guys in 2024. For those of you that have been with us since the inception, Queen City Chatter 2018. We appreciate the support over the years. And for those of you that are just joining in 2024, let's fucking go.